Welcome to episode 301 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans podcast of many topics. I am Mike Solosi, and we are uh, one episode away from 300 and two episodes away from 299, that latter of which was Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne Part 1. This is part two of the same podcast. I'm joined by the same two panelists. And who are they? They are Zach Wilkerson. Hello. And Wes Iliff. Hello, everybody. So, uh, Wes and Zach, I'm going to get into it right now. I am currently running a post-credits high. Uh, I finished the game just a few hours ago, uh, and if, listeners, if you go to my uh, uh, Twitter page and see where I posted a, uh, a, a Gotham tweet, you can do the math and add a couple hours, and that is exactly when we are recording this podcast. So, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 is in the books. It is a uh, bit of a cult favorite early 2000s RPG. Um, many people that revere RPGs of the PS2 era hold Nocturne in high esteem. And now I sort of see why. Uh, Zach, you and I both played this for the first time for this podcast. And Wes, you have uh, you played this game first several years ago. But uh, let's get into the new impressions first. Zach, what is your overall impression having finished this game recently? You know, it's funny. Uh, I have like literally two PSN friends. Um, you're one of them, Mike. <laughs> um, and I saw that you cleared this game about an hour and a half before I did, which means that you, I cleared it about an hour before recording. <laughs> and like a couple of days ago, I was like, you're only nine hours in. Are you going to finish this? And you did. And I'm very impressed. Um, and there's a reason it took me so long because this game hates me. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that I would recommend it. Um, I respect what it's doing in some ways, um, but I think it replaces difficulty in a lot of cases with just like tinkering and like causing me to wipe to mobs because like, I don't know, some like bad luck happens, um, like which happened in the final dungeon, like maybe five times. Um, I just died because like, I don't know, I got hit by a couple things and like I endure was only, only so good. So I have some real frustrations with this game. I think that it is annoying instead of difficult, but I also kind of respect it for that. Sort of, kind of, not really. I'm very happy the pain is over. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I should mention, I did binge the hell out of this game in the final stretches. I I've, I think I was about 15 hours in um, a few nights ago, and then I finished the, I played about 30 hours in, let's say, four days to finish it in time for recording. Um, uh, but I did get to the end and roll and get an ending. I, I think my thoughts on the game are a little bit more positive than yours, Zach. Uh, this game is unforgiving and difficult and sometimes random, but they, I, I don't think it's always unfair. Like they, they, they will, uh, it, 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 it communicates what you need to do to progress. Sometimes what you need to do is annoying or difficult but it is a certain kind of rpg grind and kind of rpg tinkering that i really like uh but it is uh you know housed around some slogs of dungeons and fiendish boss battles that i didn't always like but uh by the end i i feel like i have a healthy respect for this game i did enjoy it i think it, it if i were to assemble a list of my 10 favorite ps2 rpgs Maybe this game cracks it, but uh, we'll get into more specifics 
soon. Uh, Wes, uh, you played this game several years ago and are replaying it on the remastered edition now. Uh, have your like, what are your overall impressions, and have they changed from uh, say fifteen plus years ago? You know, yeah, they actually changed pretty significantly, and I think part of that is that this was my introduction to the Shin Megami Tensei series, so there was a lot more like shock factor to it. Like I hadn't played anything quite like this before and it really hit uh, a level of novelty. I hadn't now, now we're getting every Shin Megami Tensei game um, at least new one as it comes out for the most part. Um, And the comparisons have definitely changed my opinion because while I still love the aesthetic and the story and the interesting things it does with narrative, um, I'm a little bit older, a little bit more time crunched and I feel a little bit less, uh forgiveness for some of the dungeon design decisions and uh for for some of the um awkward difficulty curves uh back when i was writing the game primer for for shin megami tensei for how to get into shin megami tensei um i had picked shin megami tensei 4 over this because i felt it was a little bit modern i'd gone back and played you know a few hours of nocturne to refresh myself and it didn't feel bad, but it definitely felt a little bit aged. And once you get deeper in and you get into those labyrinthine uh, messes of dungeons, um, it, I, I feel a little bit more justified in that recommendation today. Yeah, I totally understand it. Um, this was not my introduction to the world of SMT. That was when I awkwardly tried to play Persona 1 around uh, 2000 or 2001 and hated it. But... Uh, I came to Nocturne knowing its reputation and having played, oh, let's say, let's see, um, most of the Persona games, um, Digital Devil Saga 1 and about half of Digital Devil Saga 2. Uh, I, 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 like, I've been around the Atlas universe now and going back to Nocturne, let me notice how very clearly influential it is, especially to the rest of the uh, PS2 games that followed on Atlas. But it, to to which it feels like a stripped down version of a Persona or a Digital Devil Saga that is just about the monsters and just about surviving, with much much less of that pesky character driven storyline in the way. I I'm, we made comments last episode that uh, this was a uh, or maybe at least I did that this um this was not a character driven or plot driven story but an environment driven story, and I think in the second half. Nocturne is more character driven, but I stand by that that original comment. This is a game that's more about sort of surviving and and getting through this RPG as RPG with a lot with way fewer story hooks and character hooks than the uh, the Atlas games that followed. Uh, uh, Zach, I know you've played a, a, a couple Persona games at least, right? Is is your do you basically agree or is this yeah. just uh, something else entirely? Um, like I played Innocent Sin in four and five. Um, and yeah, that counts. And I think I said this um, on the last one. Like it, it, I, you know, one of the things that both of you were talking about, like was like about difficulty curves and things like that. And I, um, I never really thought this game was hard. Um, like there were a couple of bosses where I was like, Oh, that's a cheap trick. Um, but like, it was never like, even like the last boss where I just like, I just had to keep war cry up constantly. Um, like I never thought it was difficult. Whereas like some of those other games, like I thought like there were like two boss fights in this game that I liked. <laughs> it was the trumpeteer and the final boss because they didn't feel like they were difficult because they were cheap. Um, so, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I've played those and like certainly I've cut my teeth on those and other NES RPGs and it just feels like, I don't know, like I just got, I got frustrated with it. <laughs> Wes, what were some of the frustrations that, uh, that you noticed playing this um, that, that maybe make it less recommendable than SMT4? Well, uh, to, to, to sing just a little bit of praise, the press turn battle system remains one of the coolest turn-based battle systems ever. Um, I, especially for its time, it was, it was so mind blowing and it's kind of impacted every persona games uh, or Shin Megami Tensei game since it's kind of put its way into, into all of those, including the spinoffs, but that there are times when that unfairness, when you get an unexpected, um, uh, you know, ability that comes out and can just ruin you because you had no way to be prepared for it. Um, that can be a little bit rough, especially, you know, depending on where your patience level is. Um, it requires more patience than a lot of modern RPGs do. Like you have to be willing to take the death and learn from it. Um, and taking the death isn't always, uh, you know, an enjoyable process. It, there's a good chance it's been a while since you found a save point or that you've done something important that it, that is now lost as a result of that. Um, but I think kind of the, the worst offender, if you want to call it, that is just that dungeon design, uh, places are huge and labyrinthine and, and the maps are, are a bit of a nightmare to maneuver through, especially when you don't have a mini map, you just have to keep pulling up the main map. Um, that it, it, there are later dungeons that feel like they just take an eternity if you don't have some kind of direction through them yeah, um, because there are just so many nooks and crannies to, to dig into. We didn't go uh, too deep into talking about the dungeons last episode, so let's do that now. Um, this game has too many tunnels, for one. Um, yes. There there are uh, the Ikebukuro Tunnel and the Yamakusa Tunnel and the, uh, and the was it, probably the Urencho Tunnel, probably other tunnels I'm forgetting. That, that, like, they, uh, I know that there are subway tunnels that have been sort of, you know, appropriated into cave systems following the apocalypse, like I get it, but they are this game's version of a sewer level, and they are there are way too many of them. And uh, like I, I didn't mind mechanics where you have to use light balls and float balls to see in the dark or avoid damage floors. That's fine. There's just too many damn tunnels that weren't I don't know weren't interesting or functional to me. The, the most interesting thing about any of those tunnels is when uh, there's the one that has um that has four uh, uh, oni demons. In it that if you kill all four you get a uh, you, you get a nice uh, shiny magatama that I, that's the the only thing I liked about any of these damn tunnel dungeons and a lot of the others in the game uh, some of the dungeons are I would call nice normal or uh, changes of pace but so many of them are so ornate and huge and long and have like a main save point and then five feeder save points that you can't use to fast travel. Like, like there's too many dungeons that feel like the final dungeon of another RPG, like, uh, the, like the obelisk and the Amala temple. And, and the, um, the final dungeon is, uh, is the Kagutsuchi, Kag- Kagutsuchi tower. I, you know, I think I, I think I said, I've mostly pronounced Kagutsuchi right th- these episodes, but I, I definitely got Magutsuhi wrong a couple times in the previous <laughs> episode. Um, but just 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 too many long ornate dungeons and especially subway tunnels is my is my feeling right i mean i don't know i think i spent 
five hours in the final dungeon. Like I, I made a safe, a safe spot, like, you know, before I walked in because I was like, Oh, maybe eventually I want to do the true demon ending. I won't. Um, but you know, uh, maybe I will. Um, so like, I was able to see like my, my play time between them and it was five hours. And like, it, it didn't feel that different from the rest of the dungeons. And like, it felt like, and this is kind of how I felt about the game in general. Like it, it, it was like they had, they introduced like the light ball thing. Like it was kind of annoying to me to like, always have to be stocked up on that and stocked up on float balls to make sure I didn't get hit by the damage stuff. And I'm like, I, I did this stuff in dragon quest one. Um, like, I don't want to do this here. Um, and like, it's again, like it gets back to my point, like the dungeon design to me feels a little bit like th- the battle design eventually, which is like, they have a couple of ideas. They keep repeating them t- to the point that it is frustrating for the sake of being frustrating. Um, and it, it's not about like, again, like making sure that you have like enough medicines in your inventory and making sure you have enough light balls in your inventory and making sure that you buy 99 shocker drops when you can before that final dungeon. Because if you don't, then like, you know, you're gonna run out of MP. Like that just feels like inventory management for the sake of inventory management. And like all those like places you could fall, like in all those dungeons, I was like, oh my gosh, like mapping it out. Like I felt like even with a map, like I needed to like, draw it out and like it was just like time consuming for the sake maybe i had to play this game too <laughs> maybe i finished it too recently and i'm being <laughs> more negative than i should be but I'm, I'm, I'm I, I had a lot of frustration worry. with it i'm starting to worry that i finished this game too recently and it went well enough for me that i'm too positive about it but, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, hold up a minute two things two things um y- there's a place you can buy chakra drops is there yes uh yeah. in akasuka um which uh, after uh, like eventually like they open up another shop there's like a a tunnel that like is closed off at first and then eventually opens up and then there's a junk shop down there and you can buy shocker drops there yeah the collector mannequin okay i i I know he sells you a couple magatama um but i i guess i miss i i wish i knew that because i had i'm impressed that you managed to get this game without buying them there i had no i had some incredibly tight sp moments in the in the last dungeon especially that's um, amazing well done but the, i mean i mean just the noah boss fight i think i had to use half of the sp healing items in my inventory um and, and, and but then but then somehow when one of my demons leveled up 20 minutes later they gave me a great chakra as thank you which again my 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 my, my video game drop luck has uh which is in the po- <laughs> which, is, which is in the positive for my career um really did show up today but also um, the one gimmick that they used multiple times in these dungeons that I hated the most, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that, that, you know, experienced players have seen before, like, uh, oh, I don't know, moving block puzzles and, um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, di- sort of having to figure out different staircases going to different elevations and like u- using your, you know, 3d spatial awareness to figure out where to go next like that. That's normal. But the teleporter puzzles are <laughs> so bad in this game. And I uh, I used a guide for almost all of them. Like the, b- b- because I knew I was on a deadline. The minute I uh, the the minute I didn't figure out a, a puzzle solution quickly, I just opened up my uh, my my laptop two feet away to um for the puzzle solution. And I did that for every single teleporter puzzle because they are um there's no logic to them they they are entirely trial and error mm-hmm. they're maddeningly frustrating the, the 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 two of them i think that are in the final dungeon are the worst defenders of all and again these are long challenging dungeons 
with judicious positions of save points that tell me that Atlas knows exactly what they're doing here um, that are, you, you know, they're creating that push pull fi- uh, feeling of, you know, the very earliest dragon quest games that, uh, you know, see how far I can go in the dungeon until I can, you know, teleport out and heal and try and see if I can go further again. Like that, that whole feeling is there, but it is, to a degree that is sometimes frustrating and not satisfying. Like, like these dungeons are sometimes long and annoying. Uh, and, and, uh, and the boss battles in them, the last couple dungeons in this game have, I think five boss battles each in the, in the, in the diet building and in the, uh, and in the Kagotsuchi tower, the, the, like they punctuate these dungeons with multiple boss battles that again, have ha- having, several dungeons in this game feel like the final dungeon of a different rpg like i like i i i uh was went part i was part way through the obelisk which is right around the middle of the game and i was thinking to myself this feels like the final dungeon of a final fantasy game or mm-hmm. something yeah. because it is just so enormous in scale and uh and is like there's a vague void and um and you know soul souls pulse pulsing up the walls like the uh the obelisk, the diet, the diet building, the uh, the actual final dungeon, and maybe also the Nihilo headquarters, maybe also the Mantra headquarters. All of them feel like a Demon King's castle in their own right. Yeah, and, and I actually like the obelisk probably better than any of them because it had like those um, puzzles where it was you know you would have like one, two, three, four like lights on the you know I don't know, like the blocks you're stepping onto, so there was logic to it. So I liked that. Um, because I could, I could figure that out. And I actually didn't use a guide on any of the dungeons until the last one, because I literally like left work early today and I'm like, I will finish this game. <laughs> um, I must finish this game because <laughs> I was so close. Um, but yeah, I mean like it, it, it the, the thing about like a dragon quest dungeon is like, even when it's punishing or difficult or it has those mechanics, like it's not wrapped up in a 45 to 50 hour game. Like eventually I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like this is like it, like like you had like two tunnel dungeons that felt exactly the same and were frustrating for exactly the same reasons and like the obelisk and then ultimately the Kakatsuchi tower felt exactly the same except for the Kakatsuchi tower had like so many enemies that just like would like kill me and like didn't take any physical damage etc 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 like it was just like it was like piling on frustration on top of frustration so the yeah. uh, maybe my least favorite thing in the entire game is whenever i ran into an enemy that was immune to physical attacks because i uh i, I went let's say oh let's say 70 30 physical versus magical damage for most of my party and uh and uh like eventually I settled into a thing. It's like, okay, I'll have, I have my Demi Fiend that's mostly physical, then one physical unit with some boosts, then one magic unit with some boosts and healing and one magic unit and one magic unit that just has a bunch of random crap in there, in their skill list. But the, uh, whenever I ran into um, something that was immune to physical and just, just a couple that I remember, uh, Gira Melka, which is a, the boss of the Yogi Park dungeon. And then a random, a regular enemy later, Amada, which is a boss in the Diet Building and a regular enemy later, and then Rangda, which is a regular enemy in the Final Dungeon. Whenever I ran into more than one of those, it was retreat button, retreat button, because I just, I just didn't want to deal with any of that. Uh, uh, and and Wes, um, you Zach and I, all of us are adults, uh, thirty five or older. 
so do you think that maybe playing this game being in your 30s instead of your 20s or teens was a factor in how much you enjoyed it and how you managed your time dealing with it oh 100 percent um the fact that back when i when i first played it i was in high school or at the or just leaving high school or, or what have you um so i could take all the time in the world that i wanted i i had a job but it was not a, a super demanding job and it wasn't anything that took time out of my my life so i i loved just going in and exploring these giant open areas and i imagine some people today will still love it but when i go in today um one they they don't seem quite as interesting because they're primarily made up of you know cubes stuck together in various configurations they're not like super interesting platforms or visual design um of you know the actual paths you take uh and two it's just they're just long like you said i was even uh here's my deep dark secret i needed to uh you know play this game quick uh since i came in a little late uh so i played on merciful i figured i'd try out i'm a big fan of difficulty settings i wanted to see what merciful was like um and I certainly had an easier time than you two because Merciful is entirely too merciful um, to the point where you don't really have to engage with the mechanics uh, a full 80 to 90% of the game. And the encounter rate is dropped down drastically and they bump the rewards up a, a, a similar amount. Um, and still, uh, even, even early on, a lot of these dungeons just felt like a slog, even when I wasn't running into fights, you know, except for every second or third room. Um, they're just long and... I'm old. I got kids. I gotta. I gotta leave sometimes. <laughs> so it would take two, three sittings to finish some of these dungeons. Yeah, I mean that's not <laughs> uh, no, no shame for that. I mean, like I, there were times where I was like, oh, if I turn merciful on, like I could have fewer encounters. That's really what I cared about. <laughs> I just wanted the encounters to stop because <laughs> that was my biggest complaint about this game, and I was too prideful to do that. But pickups to you. That's awesome. It's it's kind of a shame. Like if I think it would be a really good option. The easy mode in Shin Megami Tensei 4 is a little bit less extreme in, in how much it gives you. You still have to at least engage with the mechanics. Uh in uh in Nocturne here, um, for the most part, enemies don't attack that much, and when they do, they almost always miss. So they lose all their turns. You don't really have to engage with the strength or weakness because you're gonna one-shot most things. And even bosses, when they do use offensive attacks, at most they're going to shave off about a tenth of your your total health pool. Um, so there wasn't near as much thought to the to its detriment, uh, which as a connoisseur of easy modes was it's tough to get that easy. <laughs> that I feel like it's not challenging enough. I, I played through the whole game on normal. I, I I felt like the challenge was on the high side, but it it always at least felt fair to me. Like the uh, the enemies are um, have this are also uh uh they also have to play by the rules of the press turn system and the only thing that enemies have that players can't have are i think um i think like dragon eye and beast eye the the moves that give you a bunch of extra turns uh simultaneously that's that's the one uh you know uh, unbalancing thing in the enemy's favor but i i i i i I mean it's an entirely different episode and maybe we could do this episode in the future in the future how to play rpgs as a grown-ass man with a job um, but th- this game, I, r- I really had to sit aside time and commit to finishing it, but I, I, th- I did finish and I think that the reward's pretty good. This is just an, this is an unforgiving RPG, but, but rarely unfair with, ex- with the exception of a couple boss battles. I-, I think that Matador is too hard for where they introduce it into the game. 
And I would be lying if I said I loved every single moment of the boss fat battles in the diet building. Uh, uh, maybe this is surprising. I think the diet building is my favorite dungeon in the whole game uh, because it's a small dungeon with with sort of compartmentalized puzzle rooms and bosses that you can, and every time you sort of finish one part of it, you can unlock a door back to the lobby and heal and prepare and, and then and, and sort of structure how you're handling your grind to the puzzle and 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 boss fight of the section that you're in and the boss fights while i did not why while i i was really frustrated by one of them in particular i at least thought were interesting um yeah uh and and, and the, let's play a fourth and final round of a game we played in the previous episode this game reminds me of <laughs> um uh we've already mentioned how it reminds us of pokemon and uh, a soulsborne game and a nes dragon quest game and I stand by those, but the other thing it did was, uh, this is probably recency bias, because I finished Bravely Default 2 um, several months ago and, and wrote the review of it for the site, but Bra uh, the Bravely Default games have very structured boss fights that I that are almost, that are, well, that are puzzles in their own right, where because bosses have these, have a, a pattern and specific strengths and weaknesses, you have to build your team uh, to match the boss to, ha to uh, uh, like to have success and, and in the brave default games it's uh, manipulating the brave default uh, battle system and your character's job system while for nocturne it's the pre it's manipulating the press turn system and manipulating your lineup of demons uh you cannot beat moat in the diet building unless you have uh, uh, uh unless you have a way to decaja away his magic buffs and at least one or two demons, with uh, including your main character, with uh, electric damage. You need those things. If Thank you, you for talking about my least favorite boss in the entire game. Um, <laughs> I hated I, that so much. I, it, it is it is punishing, and and it's uh, and and physical attacks. I think work okay on Moat, but uh, he has Avenge, which will like has right. a fifty a fifty percent chance of retaliating uh, uh, against you with like and with a very heavy hit. Yeah, with a with a hit that's. <laughs> strong enough to one shot one of your characters if you're yep. if you're unlucky so uh and 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 moat can uh, has the beast eye abilities so it can give itself multiple turns sometimes within the same turn and if you're very unlucky it will beast eye boost its magic twice beast eye again boost its magic again and then megadola your entire party's dead and i okay. again i got so lucky i i beat moat on the first attempt but only because I had a guide and and um, set up my team accordingly. I I, I did have a, a demon with uh, or two demons with electric attacks, and 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 some useful boosting uh, spell skills. So I, I didn't have to like grind for thirty minutes and and make new demons to fight it. But be, like like that is so specific that it, uh, that it's um the boss fight is is near impossible without those conditions and um there's a lot of boss fights in the game like this again i mentioned that my builds were mostly physical in this game uh bosses like giramelka in and mada were really really annoying um the most annoying of those of all was in the final dungeon fighting noah was my that's my <laughs> that's my least favorite fight in the game oh it just took so long <laughs> it, it it took forever and the and and i actually Again, I have done a lot of team building and monster fusing games. I I, I love the tinkering of this sort of thing. So a, a lot of bosses I was able to handle once I got a after one or two failed attempts. Again, because this is the kind of game I like. But with Noah, 
I didn't have a demon with uh with Makakaja. So yep. I had I had all four elemental spells between my four characters. So I could deal damage to it every turn. Okay, because uh, listeners, if you don't know, Noah changes it is immune to physical attacks and changes its elemental weakness every turn. Um, and, and and it's always a cycle of the same four spells every four turns. But the uh, but uh, uh, it. it it has a different weakness every turn. That's the only element that will work on it. And it has uh, uh, one really annoying attack called Dominion that uh, deals a lot of damage and drains MP and HP and heals itself. Yeah. So I, I, because I didn't have the magic boosting spell, I, I was able to deal damage to it every turn, but I was dealing like 350 damage or 400 damage a turn. And there was a real danger of it using that, uh, of using Dominion to heal itself for 400 and it it that fight took me like longer than the other four fights in in the final no. dungeon combined probably it's the longest fight in the game i mean even the even the final boss that has you know i don't know <laughs> 60,000 hit power or whatever um didn't take me as long and it was fine like i fog breathed him and he wasn't dekajaing it but it just took forever um whereas that previous one mot um i didn't realize it was electrical I went into the fight, didn't, none of my demons had electric magic. And then I was like, all right. It's like, I was like, I, I did appreciate that I was close to the safe spot. So I could go back to the safe spot. I could go back to, uh, you know, the, sh- the, the cathedral th- shadows. And then I was like, okay, let's look at my fusions. Oh, I don't have any electric fusions available either. So like, can I now go like fuse a demon? Like, no, I was like, no, I can go put a Magatama on and I'm close to gaining a level. And like, I'll get rid of a skill I actually want. To put Bolt Storm on my Demi Fiend, um, which is what I did, um, but it took me like twenty minutes. Um, and you know, to me, like that's not difficult. It's annoying. <laughs> like it's like I, I understood the trick. The trick was easy once I got it. Like once I had Bolt Storm, like because Bolt Storm does quote unquote random damage, but usually it hits the boss twice and it hits a weakness. So like I was fine. Um, like I was able to like wipe him out super quickly i didn't have a lot of hp i think it was like 2500 or something is what it felt like to me um but it was just a trick that took me 40 minutes to prepare for not 40 minutes to figure out and it's funny that you're talking about bravely because it's a thing that i thought about a lot when i was playing this game was octopath traveler which obviously is pretty similar Mm -hmm. um to bravely Uh, in a lot of ways yeah Mm -hmm. um uh same same producers Mm -hmm. same uh uh some of the same design team but technically different studios so uh, um, bravely and octopath are not the same series but it's very fair to call them cousins and i'm I'm sorry i i did a lot of research for that when when doing some (laughs) when when i was when i was when i was doing some bravely things earlier this year no it makes (laughs) sense uh but you know the thing about octopath is like I just had to like change out some of my characters and I was fine. As long as like the builds of your characters, like made like even the vaguest logical sense, like outside of like literally the very final fight in Octopath Traveler, which is intensely difficult and requires very specific builds. um, Like other than that, like I could always like, I could always figure that out without like having to spend 40 minutes figuring it out. Like once I figured out the trick, I was like, okay, like my my Tressa is a little bit broken, so like she's gonna be in my party, and like Hanit, like maybe I need to put, uh, you know, like I need to pull her and put Therian in my party instead because he's got this specific skill that's gonna break and do this this particular thing. Whereas in this game, it was like I understand what it is. How much time am I willing to spend mm-hmm. to do the trick? And most of the time, 
like it wasn't too bad because I happened to have it on hand. That was just bad luck that I just didn't have, you know, any electric magic. And maybe that's like a, um, a very, very particular anecdote that maybe is not appropriate for most people. And it was maybe my fault for not preparing for it appropriately, but I did never had to have just electric magic. In fact, I barely ever had to have magic at all. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like to, for it to throw that trick in my lap and be like, Hey, here it is. Like, okay, cool. I get it. Now 40 minutes of my life is gone on this thing that's not interesting. So that, that was a frustration to me. I, I, I mean, betrayal is too strong a word, but the fact that I was able to get away with using physical attacks for more than three quarters of, of my party design, because again, most physical attacks are, are very effective. Uh, they cost HP instead of SP, and it's way easier to heal HP than heal SP. Um, uh, it, like it, that, that physical builds were great until they suddenly weren't for I, I think four bosses in the game uh, was pretty frustrating to me. But uh, again, it's like like this game wants you to have a diverse array of demons at all times and to be fusing them and sort of making more powerful ones all the time. And uh, the the only problem is if you fuse yourself into a corner against a specific boss then you reach either a wall or a prohibitively frustrating area. And that happened to me a little bit, but probably not as, uh, as dramatically as for you, Zach. I, yeah. I, I, I like the puzzle-ish nature of the, and, and very specific nature of a lot of the boss fights, even the ones that I found frustrating. Yeah, um, and, I, and I understand that. But like, it, it, what's interesting is, like, um, did you do the Trumpeteer fight, which I think is like a little bit infamous? Yeah, um, I did. I did. I, that fight I liked. Like, I liked the puzzle of that fight. Um, because it was like mechanically interesting. It was not like build one demon to do this very particular thing in this very particular way, like the way that it would heal, like whoever had the lowest HP according to, you know, whatever their HP was like. And I went into that fight and I wasn't expecting to get it because I hadn't done like the previous couple of, um, you know, you know, whatever, um, Labyrinth of Amala fights there were like the Harlot I never did. Um, and so like, it popped and I was like, I was a little cocky because I hadn't, I hadn't really actually died to any bosses yet in the game. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I did. I was like, what the heck is this? Uh, but like, it was a cool trick to figure out. And like, I didn't have to like go fuse demons. I just had to like, think about my strategy and adjust my strategy. And that felt like a modern dragon quest. Um, I think it fights brilliant, really. Um, if like a modern dragon quest and the ways in which I had to be really particular about the choices I was making in the fight. Um, and do like some things that wouldn't have seemed logical. Oh, uh, that was cool. I liked that. And that was maybe the only fight that I could say that for in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I did manage with the trumpeter fight. Uh, let's talk about the different versions of this game br- briefly. Uh, North American fans playing this game in English would have uh, all been playing the, uh, the, the Maniacs version, which is sort of the Director's Plus version of, uh, of Nocturne. Um, that's the one that added uh, either Dante or Rido, and all of the Labyrinth of Amala stuff is is from the second version of this game. Uh, and the, a few fights like Matador and all of these uh, skeleton-themed ones that unlock different parts of the Labyrinth are exclusive to that version. Uh, I, I didn't engage in any of the Labyrinth stuff because I knew I was playing this game uh, with a time crunch. So I fought Matador, Daisojo, and trumpeter, but I don't think I fought any others. Uh, oh wait, no, no, I did. I did fight. Um, I did fight one of the writers. I, I forget which one it was. Probably the Hell Rider, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, Hell Riders required. Yes. Yeah, I. I uh, th- that sounds right. I think so. But the uh, 
but oh where was i going with this um again the boss design is i i liked how specific the boss designs were that you had you you couldn't use the same strategy all the time and i was frustrated when my the strategy i was using for most of the game just couldn't work anymore but for the most part i respected it and i really liked the last couple fights of the game because because like i was able to de decode the gimmicks and then adjust my team maybe a little bit and then have a lot of success and uh to which point i i thought that running the final dungeon was easier than any boss in the final dungeon even including noah uh, I, although i was extremely lucky like when i uh when i when i realized that uh um the 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 baal avatar boss the second to last boss of the game um uses almost entirely light and dark attacks uh i already my entire team was already entirely immune to light and half of them were also immune to dark i got like that that was entirely dumb luck on my part uh but r rolling back a little bit uh i mean we, we've talked about how um fusing demons is sort of a, uh is the entirety of team building in this game does it, do any of us have a favorite demon that over the course of the game, like we got really attached to that is that maybe became a favorite when previously it wasn't a favorite from other SMT games. For me, um, it was actually the Hellrider, um, because you, if you did some of the Labyrinth of Amala, you were able to fuse those fiends, and like it just had so many different um, resistances that like it it was it basically sailed through almost half the game for me. Um, like it had uh, the attack boosting spell, so I'd do that, but it would always stay up. Um, and I had some other cool attacks. Um, they could, like, it had an attack that would take off an Ikaja effect on the boss, uh, which was really useful until the very last boss, which is no matter how many times I war cried it, like one, it would one shot my Hellrider because <laughs> it was too low of a level. Um, but that was that, that one really got me through a lot of this game. Uh, for me, it's the Monkey Kings. Um, you, if you uh, recruit an Onkot in the in the mm -hmm. 30s, it can evolve into a uh, Hanuman around level, I think, in the 40s. And then that evolves into a, uh, a, a Chitian Daisheng in the 50s. I didn't know that evolved again. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it evolves twice. It's a, it's it's like a starter Pokemon. And um, the final version of it has a bunch of good physical skills. And from the previous uh, evolutions, it has Warcry, and a couple good boosting skills. And it, it's also immune to, I think, light, dark, and physical. So it, I had this, uh, a, a monkey that was countering everything, uh, was immune to, was immune to counterattacks, and was just really useful for, like, the entire middle third of the game, maybe the middle two quarters of the game. Uh, and uh, I, I eventually fused him into something else. But uh, I... I I, I really enjoyed having the Monkey King on my team this time. I think I think he's called Wukong in previous versions, but uh, Sun Wukong, Chitian Jiasheng, and uh, uh, Seiten Taisei are all are all epithets for the same Chinese folkloric monkey. Uh, I, I think he's called Chitian Jiasheng in uh, in Final Fantasy XIV in the Swallow's Compass. Uh, Wes, did you have a demon that you got attached to over the course of the game specifically? So this was the the tough part of playing on Merciful is that. I, I didn't keep many demons in my party. I was able to just cycle through and just like, I'm going to fill out the compendium. As soon as something's evolved as much as it can evolve, I'm going to fuse it and get something new in the in the list. So I didn't like fall in love with any, but um, that, you know, that I hadn't experienced before in other, other games. But uh, Titania was probably the most present of, of all of them, just because I'm, I'm a sucker for any 
utility player who can, you know, inherit whatever elements you need, can cast all the things, can do it capably. Um, I, I like being able to have one of my my party slots cover all of the weaknesses that I need uh, and just get more turns that way, make things move a little bit quicker. Let's see. We've talked about how much we love, hate the dungeons and love, hate the boss fights and love, hate these demons. Uh, let's actually talk about some story stuff, because uh, what was something that you particularly liked or maybe found interesting or unexpected in the story? I, I have a couple, but I'll, I'll let the floor up to you guys first. You know, interestingly, I think the story might have been one of my favorite things about this game, even though it was very simple. And like the story I liked mostly because of the NPCs, uh, they were they would say like really funny things and things that seemed like out of place in this world. And I liked how the world and the dungeons a lot of times were populated with like these characters who had like different opinions and different wants and different desires. Um, but, you know. One of the things that I found frustrating about this game in general, in terms of the story, and I look at me being very negative, I actually like thought this game was, you know, interesting, <laughs> um, was like you really are presented with three characters who have reasons, right? So like, the whole notion of this game is like someone is trying to be the person who's going to recreate the world. Um, and the three different characters who you potentially can align yourself with um, who have like their own gods who are going to recreate this devastated world are all terrible. Um, <laughs> um, and so like, I found that part like maybe a little bit frustrating, but also interesting in the ways in which like every demon and every NPC you encounter, um, including the mannequins um, who's like, they basically lose their savior. Like in this moment of desperation, they all find like this form of belief and almost religion, uh, which I think is an interesting commentary on the ways in which we cling to religion in the face of um, difficult things. But the thing that I maybe didn't love about it was like the options that I was legitimately presented with. And I didn't do true demon ending and not, none of us did, but um, to recreate the world, we're all just like, horrific and so i'm like i disagree with all of you and then like we'll talk about i got the neutral ending which you know is not my favorite <laughs> um but also seemed preferable to like all these horrible people getting to do whatever it is they want to do and i wish like i don't know i had like a nice person that i could have aligned myself with well um the, the neutral ending I, I don't even know if it's right to call it the neutral ending it's it's uh it, it's sort of the freedom ending that's represented by your teacher because you have the, the the three humans that are that have reasons to create the world uh, agreed they're all terrible like like bad mm -hmm. like um uh, uh hikawa is a uh is a cult leader that i think has ocd so profound that he wants the entire world to be just a a uh a, like frozen and still and uh and unmoving like like he's asking to get plugged back into the matrix or something or he's a, uh, or you know he's he's president business in the Lego Movie, um, building, <laughs> building, building Legos and then and then dowsing them in crazy glue. Uh, but, Perfect. Yeah, but uh, and, and then you have um and then you have your friend Isamu, who uh is captured and tortured and is drained of Magatsuhi early in the game, and then after that, when like you don't rescue him, he's so bitter and so angry at everything that he just wants to be locked in a. Uh, like sort of lock himself in his room and uh, and let everyone do their own thing 
in a way that also feels just just, just like just like rejecting existence in a way that is that is dis, that is disheartening um uh, and and then you have uh, Chiaki, probably my favorite, <laughs> because I uh, spoiler alert, I went with her ending. I I, I went with the Yosuga path here. Um, she is terrified of all the demons. She's par- she's paranoid. Um, she is able to live on her own for a while, but uh, and 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 tries fighting for herself, but miserably fails and loses her arm against that. Oh shoot, what was the name of that evil mannequin? That's only in, like two scenes for the whole game. Uh, starts with an S. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember anything about him except that he has a scarf and jacket made from the faces and skin of other mannequins. Yeah, which is, that part I remember. Sakahagi. <laughs> was it Sakahagi or Sakahagi? Sakahagi, right. Yep. Um, so yeah, she loses her arm to, to Sakahagi, and but sort of like comes up with the idea. Well, if this is going to be a world of demons. Like I need to be the strongest demon. So she like finds the, the, the collapsed statue of, of, uh, of Gozenteno absorbs his, his power becomes the new leader of the old mantra and, uh, and, you know, adopts a survival of the fittest philosophy that is, is, is brutal and unfair, but also I thought was suitably demonic that I kind of decided to agree with her and that that uh, did end up with me um, slaughtering mannequins in the man in that mannequin forest dungeon, which, which I didn't love, but I, uh, (laughs) but I, but I, uh, I decided, you know what, this philosophy is to be the strongest demon. I'm going to be the strongest demon. And, and like, like when that is the most appealing one to me, that really illustrates what Zach's saying that uh, the, the, the three main choices that you're presented with, are, are are gross but the fourth one the neutral ending is like is sort of specific to your teacher's character she was in the cult led by hikawa because she was disillusioned with uh w- w- with the world of man she just um she she hated the uh how we had this per- this beautiful world that end but then but selfishness and greed and uh and 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 you know the the folly of men was ruining it so she thought that his uh his cult trying to end the world and then rebuild it into a perfect world was appealing but her idea of a utopia was like like more like a better version of the real world than his idea which was again everything in frozen stillness so uh so like he she's used she has some kind of powers that 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 uh that Hikawa was able to pinpoint and he used her as the quote unquote maiden to drain Magatsuhi, which is again life energy or uh, or like the power inside blood or something. I don't I don't I don't, I don't know exactly because 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 I know Magatsu means like blood soaked or blood drenched. So I think Magatsuhi is like it's like it's like like something in your blood or your soul. Again, Persona Four taught me this. So again, I'm, I'm this is definitely an underinformed opinion, but. Uh, like she's able to drain Magatsuhi. He used her for that and then used that to summon his God and then cast her aside. So she started looking for her own reason, but because she didn't have convictions as hard and specific as Hikawa, Isamu or Chiaki, uh, she ended up finding like meeting some goddess that was from outside the, the, the vortex world that you're in. And th- this goddess uh, possessing her and making her twitch a lot was really unsettling. But but also like goes to show like uh and then the questions that the goddess asks you the player like um is this kind of world embarrassing to you do you feel humiliated could you live in this world it's it was clear that 
Um, what she wanted was a world of beautiful freedom, but but she could but but that wasn't enough for it to be a real reason. So that ending, I think, because again, I haven't seen it for myself, is the Super Mario Two ending of everything goes back to the way it was, and everything that happened uh, either was a dream or unhappens. Again, uh, uh, Zach, uh, I mean, you you played a certain Persona game from a year a year ago that ends in a similar manner. That's true. Although that game is <laughs> so much more emotionally satisfying. Oh, than God. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I wept during the ending to Innocent Sin. But yeah, I, Innocent I, Sin it, it, is incredible yeah, from but, a story perspective. Here it's like, oh, like back, it's not quite back, like that. Like your teacher like sends you an email like that indicates mm-hmm. that you um did the thing and like i don't know like you have like a look on your face like uh, i don't remember like whatever you like nayaki um has like a look on his face that indicates that like he remembers that this happened but like your friends are there and it's basically just things are back to the way they were but you and your teacher both have an understanding that this thing happened is at least my read of it um which you know is probably the most positive potential ending i can imagine in this game because i know that the true demon ending basically just makes you like i don't know take satan's like lucifer's yes. side in the battle against god um and that is like ambiguous um which is interesting that that's the true ending um yeah um but yeah i mean like it was fine like i was like oh there's some sunlight i like sunlight yay <laughs> um so that was nice <laughs> The true demon ending is interesting because it's it's a lot like just the normal demon ending where you're going to leave the world as it is, except for that, you know, unifying with with Lucifer and becoming essentially general in his armies, um, because that's kind of a thing in Shin Megami Tensei where Lucifer is um, often almost an antihero within those games where he's, you know, he's often a super powerful boss fight or something, but he's rarely vilified in any way outside of, you know, he is a fallen angel. There is a lot of baggage that comes with that. Um, and it's kind of the same deal here where, um, you know, you, you embrace your demonic side fully and you, yeah, you do go march on God. That's, <laughs> uh, that's effectively what you do, but it's, it's not condemned implicitly, but it's, it's not super optimistic because nothing in Shin Megami Tensei and especially Nocturne is optimistic. It is an intensely pessimistic game. Um, and those reasons reflect it in a big way. And, most of the the games in the series are pretty similar. Um, may, maybe not in how da- dark and dour some of those reasons are, but in that there is no real winning move uh, in general. Yeah, th- this is a bleak video game, and the fact that none of the endings feel positive or optimistic, uh, I, I think you know contributes to that bleakness. I mean, there was some sunshine in the Yosuga ending as well, but uh, because even if you choose Yosuga, you still have to fight. Um, Chiaki and the Bale Avatar in uh, in in the Tower of Kagatsuchi, but that but like that's also just sort of matching the Yosuga philosophy. She's she's like, yeah, I know that you and I are both Yosuga and champions of Yosuga, but that also means we have to fight each other because there can't be two kings on the throne, which again I thought was sort of fitting and I enjoyed that to a degree. But it, the ending is you're in this empty landscape, the sky is blue, the sun is shining, and then a ghostly Chiaki sort of smiles and thanks you for supporting her and wishes you well in in a way that maybe again the the person that searches for romance in every RPG inside me it's like oh oh she oh she likes him doesn't she like that that, that was my my thought because of course it was but 
like, like there is there is not much optimism in this game, uh, and I think that you know fits it. Shin Megami Tensei being a game of navigating gods and demons in the post-apocalypse, but also, also there's a thing that that again I acknowledge and am impressed by that none that there's multiple endings and none of them are the good one. Like I I kind of love that, which again goes back to my feelings about this game. This is an unforgiving, bleak game that is making that is very specific about what it's telling the player. But I don't think it's ever unfair. I've really, really enjoyed this game, and now I'm weirdly like checking prices of SMT4 on Amazon, and uh, I have <laughs> I have SMT5 pre-ordered. Uh, th- th- that's where I, I am. Yeah, th- 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 this may, this may, this game. Um, although I played it in a bleary-eyed crunch m- mostly over the past four days, uh, I am th- now. I like more. Uh, I like SMT more than I ever have. But now that I finally finished Nocturne. And I think that kind of informs some of the reactions. Like playing this in a in a crunch situation, probably not the ideal way to play this game since it requires so much patience and asks so much of you. Playing it at your own pace, whatever that is, for some people that is going to be a, a big old marathon, but probably the ideal experience um, to get over some of the agedness of it. Yeah, I, I had to um, shut off my social calendar for an entire weekend to finish this game in time. <laughs> and, uh, and I did have the luxury of do to do so, I, I guess, thank you, coronavirus maybe, but, uh, but this is somewhat, de- this game is demanding of the player's time and attention, even though it's not that long. Like I, I think my final clock was 44 or 45 hours. Uh, yeah, mine was about 46 or 47, and I did two of the Kalpas, but that also made me overleveled for a while. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I finished the game right at level 70, and I thought, and um, that seemed maybe a tad underleveled, but I, again, yeah. I, I very often beat games underleveled just because of the pace that I play. I was at level 75, and that felt probably about right on track for what the difficulty was supposed to be to me. Yeah, I, I thought I had a, a very easy time with the final boss, but again, my my team seemed just perfectly suited to handling it because I had, I I, I had sort of two physical characters that could that could focus Deathbound. I had all of the right kajas that I wanted for a physical build. I could, um, I I I had all kinds of elemental weaknesses, but basically, the, the final boss was a cakewalk compared to the compared to freaking Noah, or or or, or even. Uh, Oh shoot, or or even whatever uh, Hikawa's demon was called. Um, I don't remember. Samael. No, no, Samael was its de- was the boss fight in the Diet Building, which yeah. actually that that one screwed me up a little bit because I I got hit with some really annoying status effects, uh, and I, I I did beat that one on the first attempt, but it was it was a uh, it, it was not clean. It was a, it was a messy victory. But anyway, uh, yeah, this game has. I, I think this game has great dungeons and boss fights and mon- and f- and fusing and some philosophical conceptual story ideas that are all really really good. But it's just it's just on the hardcore side, and sometimes I don't want a hardcore RPG. But I, again, maybe a little bit of luck and me liking a lot of parts of this game had me overall feeling very positively about it. But uh, is there anything that we want to address before we shut it down? Um, I, you know, I think we maybe we didn't mention this enough before. I was surprised by the mannequins in the second half of this game because I had, I had yes. already I had already dismissed them. I'm like, oh, these are just these are um, uh, human automatons that live in the sewer. That I, I guess that's interesting. But then, like, 
I don't know, they ended up being a much bigger part of the story than I anticipated that. And, and it's, it's deeply tragic because, because they aren't full humans, they can't have a reason, but they seek one anyway. They even have their own messianic figure that you, that dies uh, in, in, and in my storyline, I murdered him, which, you know, didn't feel great, but yeah. um, (laughs) If you, if you say yes to Chiaki's Yosuga question, then instead of fight, instead of fighting angels, you end up fighting, uh, I, I forget his name. Um, Futomomi or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Futomimi, that's it, right? Yeah. And I think Futomimi is a—he's a persona in some Persona games. Because I—I I, I think he's named after some some figure from Buddhism. But he's uh, like the only good major character in this whole game. Yeah, <laughs> and you killed him. <laughs> to be fair, I think you kill most of the named characters in this game. Like that's true. Uh, yeah. Like I don't—you don't murder your teacher, but basically everyone else. Like you either see them die or you do the killing, but uh, again, that, that that's just how the, that's just the kind of game this is. Like it's it, it doesn't tell you to to rip tear devour your enemies like the beginning of Digital Devil Saga, <laughs> but you basically do that anyway. Yeah, they're they're not kidding when they call your character a demon. I mean, you you never fully escape that uh, unless you hit the ending. Yeah, and then I, I embrace and only it. Some yeah, I'm a demon. Let's let's yoga let's yosuga this. The uh, the 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 mannequins were probably the one thing that stood out the most to me. Like you know, I didn't fully wrap my head around that plight the first time I played this as a teen, but this time around, man, it hit hard. Like it is such a rough deal, and I'm I'm a sucker for kind of emergent life stories, and you know, it, can can something kind of bloom out of nothing? And there's they have such a rough end of the stick every single time you deal with them. And it just gets worse and worse. And, and seeing them struggle despite that and knowing that basically no endings are going to work out for them anyways. So it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. The, the one that, that decides to be a de- a demon and, and destroy his own kind gets slapped down. And then the one that tries to deliver a world of fairness and equality uh, gets slapped down because, be, because basically they're told to their face, you mannequins are subhuman. And that has the entire community of them just so in such despair and, and helplessness that they start wandering around, just climbing the tower of Kagutsuchi to see if they can, you know, ask Kagutsuchi for, for, uh, for a reason or something. It's, it's, it is heartbreaking, the plight of the mannequins. And I was not expecting their part of the storyline to go where it did. Uh, following, say, where where we stopped at the end of the previous um, episode, uh, and but but again, so much of this game impressed me that, and it, it's it's not even a big play space. Like there's like there's only five or six big side quests, and uh, like the labyrinth of Amala is enormous. But the like it, it, it's not like the game is littered with it is it, is stuffed with content. But it's it's a it's a smallish space that has just a lot of interesting stuff within. Um, so so, Wes, do you think I should just uh, wait for SMT five or uh, order SMT four, or, or is or should I just skip ahead to Apocalypse? Because Apocalypse <laughs> oh. is Apocalypse is like the Maniacs version of four, but has a, a, a Apoc- final dungeon that's even worse than Kagutsuchi. Apocalypse is actually a direct sequel to four, so I would not advise yeah. uh, starting there. Straight um, to four, got it. Yeah, I would I would hop into four because you'll be amazed. I mean, it's it's a DS game in, in some ways. It's not as like visually impressive as 3DS. Nocturne, but. Um, yes, 3ds. Isn't it, isn't it 3ds? Um, 
It is. Uh, I, I abbreviate those two the same way, which is a constant problem for friends uh, when, when I'm not very specific about it. Um, you clearly don't have to build up game libraries on the website the way uh, the way Mike Salvato has to. That's, <laughs> that's, I, I'm thankful like, for that. I've done a few and like yeah. I, I've <laughs> I've experienced it. Yeah, you, I uh, <laughs> you run into into problems with a game that like you where you have to write out the number nine or put in the numeral nine. So yeah, that, yes, three like, DS, DS versus three DS would not fly in the world of uh, RPG website database building. No, I, I expect that it won't fly in the world of podcasting either, and I might get a, a, a little bit of flack for it, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we have um, we have done a DS game for the podcast earlier this year. Maybe I should uh, I should jot down SMT four so we can have a three DS game on the podcast next year. But all right, if if I if I was talking about like how Mike fills out URLs for the website, maybe it's time to end <laughs> the episode. Um, the uh listeners uh, smt3 nocturne is is really popular and we received multiple uh requests to uh um to do it for the podcast over the past few years and i'm glad we finally acquiesced because I, I i i was intimidated by this game going in but i ended up liking it more than i thought i would and uh zach ended up liking it maybe less than he thought he would and wes that is, is correct <laughs> and, and, and and wes's opinion has evolved somewhat over yeah. playing it first in the early 2000s and now playing it in the early 2020s so I, i'm glad that we got different perspectives on this very very cool rpg that um is again cool but rough and uh but now i think all of us are glad that we can put it behind it put it behind us because i am not going for the labyrinth from all or multiple or other endings i, I got yeah. my bronze trophy you beat the game congratulations <laughs> and that is that the labyrinth of amala is like the most distilled version of this game like it's labyrinthine in a way that nothing else is and there's not a single save point in the entire dungeon um on any of the given kalpas so yeah um if the dungeons frustrated you Go do some Labyrinth of Amala. And I only did the second Kalpa. I didn't do three, four, or five. I can't even imagine. <laughs> the only thing that sounds more frustrating than that is that uh, arcade minigame where you get a Magatama. If, if you can beat, if you can I did all 20 of them without a guide. It was very really? fun. <laughs> I, I, did. I, did, I, I did. I got to about eight or nine, and I'm like, you know, this isn't bad. But I need to finish this game. I have to report record a podcast in forty eight hours. So that might have been my favorite puzzle board. Might have been my favorite thing in this game. Actually, <laughs> I, I I again like this game. I appreciate Puzzle Boy. I acknowledge Puzzle Boy, but Puzzle Boy is a little too hardcore for my headspace. Right now. <laughs> so you, again, you you right. have to be in the right headspace to properly enjoy a game like Nocturne. But if you can occupy that headspace, you can have a. It's it's awesome, and I think I was I was mostly there. Like again, I don't want to play this game anymore, but I think I want to play more games like it. So that's why SMT four goes on my wish list, and SMT five goes on my list of pre orders. But uh, again, I, I think we're done talking about uh, SMT three Nocturne. Uh, I am very eager to get to some other games to play for the podcast. So let's talk about what let's talk about them. Oh, can I put it out very quickly? Every time I died, it said like everyone will get the sweet release of death. And that's <laughs> kept hoping for that from this game. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you, you saw the game over screen and you're like, huh, this doesn't sound so bad. Like, yeah, I, I, I could just quit right now. I could stop. Is this it's the most optimistic over. ending in the game? 
most the most optimistic ending in the game is a peaceful death. That is that it's the game is, over screen. That's it. That is that is a statement. But okay, okay. I could have played it for forty five minutes and I would have gotten the best ending. Dang it. Uh, speaking of. The sweet release of death. Okay, that was not, not my best transition uh, in the history of podcasts. We're doing a qu- another quiz show episode. Um, I mean, yeah. I will definitely have the sweet release of death there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to have a survival of the fittest in uh, RPG trivia form in a couple of weeks. We're doing another RPG fan quiz show sometime in September. I haven't finished writing all the questions yet, but we that will be coming soon. Also coming soon, we're doing an, uh, an episode on The Great Ace Attorney, which was a collection of two games uh, that was released very recently worldwide, but were originally 3DS game, uh, a pair of 3DS games in Japan. Uh, Wes, now you have me like not knowing which DS is which. That's a, th- 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 this could be a problem going forward. <laughs> the infection spreads. Oh, gross. Uh, we, we, the only way to stop an infection is to turn off the server, as World of Warcraft has taught us. But um, also coming in September, we are doing two episodes on Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. This is a sequel of sorts to our Persona 2 Innocent Sin episodes from September of last year. We're also doing another Persona episode. I don't know exactly what week it's going to come up, but it's going to be another fantasy draft. We have done fantasy drafts on this podcast for Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and Tales of. We are doing a part for the fourth, and it's going to be all about Persona. Um, We are going to be building teams of teenagers and demons and... uh, I don't know, might maybe a cat bus. I haven't figured it out yet, but that is that is happening sometime in the next few weeks. But if you want to, uh, if you want to contact Retro Encounter about our topics or episodes, past, present, or future, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also visit rpgfan.com itself uh, and its message boards, or our Facebook page, Instagram page, Twitter page, Discord page, YouTube page, or Twitch page. Something going on in all of those pages every day. Uh, including a Twitch stream every day. There are also three other podcasts in the RPG fan family that they are Random Encounter every two weeks about randomness, Rhythm Encounter every two weeks about RPG music, and Phoenix Edge uh, sometimes every week, sometimes with a less regular schedule, but uh, they they touch on... Um, game-specific episodes, current event episodes, current events episodes. Uh, all three of those podcasts and Retro Encounter are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all of the regular podcast uh, listening venues. Please listen to all of them that you want to and leave whatever feedback you want to. But if you want to leave us feedback as individuals and not as podcasts, let's tell the listeners how to reach us. Uh, specifically, starting with you, Zach. Uh, you can probably reach me easiest via email, ZachW at RPGFan.com, or you can find me on Discord at ZachW. Now, Wes. You can find me on Twitter at Wes Iliff. Uh If you want to see any of the other stuff that I'm involved in, shows I show up on, uh, they'll be there too. And listeners, if you want to find me on social media, the best way to do so is probably Twitter. I am at The Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times. Uh, you can also find me on the RPG Fan Discord as Monsoon Mike. But I am I am a surly jerk on Discord. So tr- trust me, you're seeing uh, you're getting my best self on Twitter for the most part. But uh, is is your best self? Um, I don't know. Like, do, do you want individuality or stillness? What's your reason what, what, on what, Discord? <laughs> what is your podcast reason? I. Uh, I don't know. Send us an email. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Good night and good luck.